like I'll let you have butter. Yeah. Is, is a, a bold hot take. For, like, I'm finished. I'll let you this have we, the most common <laughs> theatrical ingredient. I like. I guess it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a very Finnish thing. Like you cannot okay. go to a cinema in Finland and get uh, sugary popcorn. They'll be like, right. "What is wrong with you?" Welcome to Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and that was a sample from today's conversation with Anina Kasky, creator of The Awkward Actress. This week, we talk about growing up as an actor, geek culture, living all around the world, phases of TTRPGs, brownies, game night snacks, and so much more. If you want to hear a bonus episode with Anina after the main episode, or you just want to support the podcast in general to help fund future endeavors, consider a donation over at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. At the $5 level and above, you'll get access to exclusive bonus minisodes every single week that range in length from 5 minutes to full-length bonus episodes, as well as access to the entire catalog of previous bonus content. That's four additional episodes a month for only $5. So, if you enjoy our conversation today, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners to help keep this podcast ad-free. Now let's get on with the conversation. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. Be right with you. And as I said in the intro, today we are joined by Anina Kasky at Anina Kasky on Twitter. That's uh, one of the one of the few names that I've seen that actually is is you get you got your full name. So grats on that one. Yeah. <laughs> School, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not one of I've I had to I had to even shorten. I couldn't use my full podcast name. That was too uh, much. <laughs> uh, with names, because I'm an actor as well, and you have to register your name. I've oh, got yeah. a really like my first name's uncommon but right. my last name is super rare so right. so you got was, it just the yeah whole i'm board. like i'm like no no one's gonna have my name and if <laughs> anyone has anything near my name i'm like how dare you right how, like, how, how you... dare you be a nina with one n what <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? um so i never have that problem and i remember when you join join equity which is like the actors union in the UK right. and you have to go okay so put what you would like your stage name to be put that and then you have to put like three other choices and I was like that's killing I nearly I nearly started being like what's the most ridiculous backup name I can come up with yeah you gotta be careful with that <laughs> I, because... didn't, I didn't I did choose one that I'd be like it's fine right but, like can you like, just like can you just remove the one end like yeah. just like uh, my, my first one is just with one end less yeah my second but, one is with an extra eye at the end yeah. like like i knew i just knew it was like of course i'm gonna get my name it's just um yeah it's so rare that someone on facebook did from someone from argentina from facebook sent me a message going i think we're related because our name's <laughs> really rare and i'm like yeah i think we are why <laughs> this is really weird right like oh <laughs> no thank you I, i'm in that kind of middle ground where it's not a mm. super rare name but it's also fairly common so mm. like i don't have a zillion other people but not everybody that has the name i'm related yeah. to so so anina um you are an award-winning actor a writer a ttrpg streamer 
and a YouTube content creator. So yes, for the uninitiated, <laughs> if I haven't, uh, you know, grabbed anything off of your bio there that, <laughs> um, but if you'd like to kind of go into a little bit of, of who you are and what you do and maybe add a little bit more depth to, uh, to that intro there. Oh yeah. Um, yes. So I run a YouTube channel called the awkward actress and, um, about year year and a half ago i released a um web series pilot called mordecai's girl which is the which i wrote and starred in and it was a very long process in getting that from coming up with the, the idea to actually producing it i had one of those i was meant to shoot it about four years ago and everything that could go wrong went went wrong everything the terry gilliam curse and then I finally got it shot in 2019. Yeah, 2019, January 2019. Came out in April, I want to say April that year. And since then, it's done the festival circuit in 2020. And it's won awards. It's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> um, that's that's super awesome. <laughs> Seeing as it was the first thing first thing i wrote and properly produced myself i've been an actor for many many years um i've been acting since i was nine years old so oh, wow. so i've got a, is that when you were registering is that is that when you were pondering about maybe i maybe my third name is dragon slayer you know like <laughs> no i i did do that in my in my in, in my early 20s so yeah. <laughs> thankfully um didn't have to do that then, but I was. I want to be Glowworm Thunder Sparkle. Oh, it would be something dragon related, you know. It would be, and dragon probably misspelt as well. Yes, yeah, like G Y N, or like G instead of a D at the front. So, thankfully, that didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it was after drama school, so I um I started acting at nine. I went to stage school. I did loads and loads of theatre when I was now, um, young, up until I was 18. And at 18, they kick you out of stage school. They're like, go away. You are no longer a child. Go, <laughs> leave. Um, and then I went to drama school and got a more, got AMO out. Um, official training. Formal to, education. Yeah, formal education, darling, in London, where, where, where I went to train. And yeah, and um, I trained. Um, I'm bilingual as well, so I've I'm Finnish, and I grew up in sort of Finland and Oxford, bouncing between. Lived in America for a bit as well. Lived in Illinois for six months when I was seven. Oh, I'm so but sorry. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, fr from a seven-year-old's perspective, All right? That's I fair. had a that's grand fair. old time, so. No need. Um, <laughs> so I lived in Illinois as well. Yeah, and I've been in London since uh, I came for drama school. And yeah, and what got me into writing was not getting a single job for about two years. That's why I started writing. So uh, yeah, um, I never thought I'd write. I was only an actor. I was very, yeah, 
um, especially because I'd been an actor for so long. I was like, well, this is what I do. I don't yeah, know how to do Yeah, that's your whole life. Yeah, that's, you're, you, that's my role. I show you've up. You've trained I, for it. Yeah, you <laughs> you've know, lived but, it your whole life, so. Exactly. Someone gives me pages and this is what I say and that's what I do. <laughs> and I was convinced I'd be the worst writer in the world because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trained in writing. This is not what I did. And... Yeah, it was a very weird time starting to write. Huge imposter syndrome. I'm like, who, who the hell am I? Like, I know award-winning writers who did the same thing I did, but with writing, you know, wrote since they were seven and went through right. all these training programs and had mentors and suddenly I'm there going, oh, I know what you're doing. Yeah, like, really. Hi, guys. Hey, <laughs> well, how's, it, how's it hanging, yeah, children so of the writing school like i'm i'm a i'm a yeah, yeah i get it yeah. i get it <laughs> Do you know what I mean? i'm probably every writer's nightmare like oh yeah i can write too but I, uh <laughs> i mean i can act so obviously i can write. yeah <laughs> so but turns out um i'm pretty good uh, so yeah. now i i do call myself a writer as well and good. um took a couple of years and a a best web series award and i went I'm, yeah i think i think it's not i can write i can write <laughs> it's um, uh, i think i think that's one of the biggest um things that i've kind of struggled with some and i have to pull a note up i have a tiny itty bitty journal because i always forget what it's called um a disconfirming uh experience yes is, yeah and and that is that's been something that i've been encountering a lot of because I have a lot of imposter syndrome and, mm. and struggled with low confidence and a lot of things. And suddenly you you get enough disconfirming experiences. And it I'm also just like a big like very subjective, very truth oriented, like and or sorry, objective. Mm. And eventually if enough other people say something and and prove or i'm able to do something like you said like win an award for it or something like it has to be true that it's at least halfway decent it can't yeah. be bad it, bad things don't win awards i may not it, i may not personally call it good like yeah it won an award but you know that's like... exactly where i am like <laughs> yeah. i can act i know that like you know i know i can act not everyone might might not like my style but i know i can do it with writing i'm like well i have to now accept and it's also i don't know if you get this but i'm also with reluctance like oh i guess i can write which sounds very weird yeah. mm -hmm. but when you have a brain like mine that's like you are shite at everything you do it's just right. like you kind of reluctantly go oh okay so i, I, get, I guess I, I i i can kind of yeah I, can't, I i sort of know what i'm doing yeah so I, I i've do. done this i yeah it's it's so difficult to deal with because because i'll also that reluctance also you know we talked a little bit before the podcast about procrastination mm. like that reluctance feeds into that as well which is yes. like why should i even try it's just gonna be garbage you mean your award-winning thing is gonna be garbage <laughs> that's that's what you're doing to yourself right now yeah like exactly. yeah it is um, i need to do the dishes because <laughs> again like it was the uh apart from some sketches that i wrote and filmed it was the first narrative long longer form 
drama that I wrote. And I went, oh, okay. And it, it was it was an identity crisis. Um, and took me a while. But now I say, actor and writer. These these are the things I do. Right. Acting's my first love, but I do I do enjoy writing as well. I, I guess I can kind of write sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, so... if I must. If I must. <laughs> It's probably, I mean, it's good for the resume. So we'll we'll put it, we don't have to believe it, but I'll put it on the resume. Yeah, it's, I'll it's get so. other people to believe it. <laughs> I do I do that where I pretend to be good at something that I'm actually good at. Does that make sense? I, th- I think I know. Like, like I, will, I, I will put something on a resume that like, I actually am qualified to mm. do. But if I show yeah. up to an interview and I talk about it, I don't feel like I'm talking about it from an experienced yeah. standpoint. I feel like I'm bluffing. I feel that <laughs> way about writing because I'm like, you know, the first script I wrote, first version of Mordecai's Girl, which um, which is the one that's won several awards. And I'm trying to get some funding together to film more of it because it's just a pilot episode so far. But I do have the entire script written out. Ooh. Um. I do, you know, I meet screenwriters and they know the ins and outs of everything. And I'm just there going, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. yep. I do feel like they just talk in terms that I'm not familiar with because I do right. think I write from an actor's perspective, which is not a bad thing. No, yeah. I think that, um, I think that bringing a unique res- perspective to something is kind of fun yeah. you know so my scripts will be have will have a certain style to them which is more you know from from an actor's perspective say say versus someone who say writes scripts for other people you know writers who sell scripts i'll, I'll always be like well the lead is a woman in her late 20s who, <laughs> oh look at that she looks exactly like me Oh, <laughs> who would have thought? I wonder who will cast for this role. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, uh, but why? Why wouldn't I do that? I'm a, right. I'm a storyteller, and I started telling stories with 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 this face and body. So I'm gonna keep doing that. I think eventually I'll probably write for other people as well. But I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm still very much in, okay, if I write it, I also want to be in it. And... Right. No, and I, I, so I've done a lot of, like, short story style writing. I've done mm. a little bit of play, like, I wrote, like, a couple of plays, mm. but not really anything script, uh, script level. But even in, like, short stories, it, it very much so is writing from my perspective. So the character's yeah. going to embody, maybe not me 100%, but certain ways that I feel or interpret yeah. a certain situation I'm going to be writing from, even if I'm trying to put myself into a character, that character is still like 60% me. So. Yeah, I, and I think you're going to write the best stuff if you do put yourself yeah. in it. If you do put experience or point of view or your an aspect of your personality, because, you know, my, my characters are always far wittier than i am oh yeah <laughs> you know, because you know they'll come up with a witty thing on the spot not three days later in the shower yeah no like, they oh, definitely didn't rewrite it six yeah. times <laughs> you know so well, that's 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 human i think everyone i think every yeah. writer does do that 
Oh yeah. And so, so I kind of have to, I I've, I've known a lot of theater kids and maybe mm. missed my calling a bit as not Aww. being a theater kid um, that got into TTRPGs at some mm. point. Like it's no, it's no big surprise oh, when somebody wow. is like, yeah. <laughs> no one's like, going to be shocked at that. Right. Combo. Like, yeah, I play RPGs yeah. and I was in theater in school. Like, oh really? <laughs> like, no way. <laughs> You took on a different persona and acted it out in a fantasy world. Yeah. Um, but so where did you like a lot of I've known a lot of people who got their start in TTRPGs and then found theater. Um, but unless you were playing TTRPGs at like six, <laughs> that may not be the case. The, the acting did come first. So, um, um, well, we can blame my mum for my career because she she just wanted me out the house for like two hours a week. So she was like, <laughs> choose a hobby. Just, just... And, and she was the one who kind of, I think I tried, I tried a couple other hobbies. Like I tried playing the piano and it wasn't really my thing. And I also did a lot of dance, which I did enjoy. But she put me in the stage school and I was in that stage school until they kicked me out. So it's her fault. She can't blame me. <laughs> right. she, can't bl she can't be disappointed in my career choice because it's like, well, if you'd never put me in it. So where <laughs> where does where does TTRPGs fall? Oh in? yeah, sorry. Like where'd you get No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um I through acting, so I was definitely in in school. I was not popular by any stretch of the word i was in the weirdo the freak table just just there just boy just we have a lot commit. in common <laughs> like, i relate to this sentence like, literally um i mean in even in high school i think no one apart from the teachers spoke to me so that was the opposite of fun anyway um i it was through someone Someone who went to the same stage school as me, I kind of started finding, I started hanging out with her and her sort of more geeky friends, which was fine because I'd always played video games and stuff because my brothers played them. So I'd just go, oh, cool. Let me, let me play the PlayStation as well. So I was already into the sort of geeky pastimes and they were really into LARPing. And I was like, what? This is acting, but in the woods and in costume, and you can pretend to be an elf. This is the best thing. Ever. And we beat each other <laughs> up with home swords. <laughs> it was, it was, it was the perfect hobby. So it's through LARPing. So I did LARPing first, which okay. weirdly, even in TTRPG circles, I think people are, oh my god, you're a LARPer. That's super yeah, lame. There's, there's <laughs> the lamest pastime. It's like I it, loved it. You can you can tell how like there's like hierarchical yeah. like bit which is which is lame and dumb. Yeah. But it's like outside of TTRPG circles, you might reference like, well, you know, I've played D D before. Yeah. But you won't be you won't approach a group of non nerdy people and be like, I play Pathfinder or Fate or something like yeah. like because they'll just be like, what? Like you mm -hmm. like have to find the socially acceptable yes. thing. And so then there's like in D and D circles that may not be that also have I don't know lives outside of fantasy or whatever, mm. you'll be like, oh well, I've gone to uh, like a Ren Con before, or like a Ren Fair. Mm. I go to Ren Fairs when really I've been to one Ren Fair, 
and really yeah. I, I LARP consistently. But it's yeah. like it's like the litmus test to see like what's it, the pH of this the nerd group. You have yeah. to test the water. And if one definitely... other person is like <laughs> you have to very carefully test the water. So I found the LARPers. That's the people I found first. Yeah. And... <laughs> so you just fell into the deep end. Yeah, I was like, well, I, I'm super unpopular. I have nothing to lose. So, <laughs> so might as well. I have, have no shame. Yeah, I have no shame. There's yep. nothing to lose. So I was LARPing consistently for years. And then through some of the friends I met through LARPing, they played D&D. They did a lot of homebrew. That's how I fell into it. So at that point, I was 15. So I would have played... Mostly homebrews because we, in the circles I I was around when I was 15, finding a DM was like finding a unicorn. Yep. It, no, no one ran these games. And I found one group so, and I did every single campaign they were in because, and it was basically DM's choice and he was a great DM. Right. So it was fine. So we played a lot of homebrews. We played, I think we did play 3.5, Dungeons and Dragons 3.5, but mainly homebrews, I think, because the uh, DM was bored at running. Well, and I think, at least in, like, my experience starting at 15, mm. and a lot of people that I know, um, books are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, D&D books are incredibly yeah. expensive. And something that I had a lot of when I was 15 was time, and something yeah. I didn't have a lot of was money. Exactly. So I could I could fill, you know, a, a notepad, a, you know, composition book is a dollar at the gas station and a, a and a mechanical pencil, you know, mm. but a but a world book or an adventure guide is 30 bucks. Yeah. So I'll I'll take the journal and make my own. Mm. <laughs> so that's how I got into it. So and I really enjoyed it. But again, um, I did do mainly LARPing just because it was you know you have one DM that's all you get and I found the one that had a space at their table um and yeah we played like his own homebrew version of Dungeons and Dragons loads of really cool short campaigns cyberpunk um loads of different ones he came up with himself some Call of Cthulhu uh vampire the masquerade which is one of my absolute favorites and i need to join a campaign soon i I, you know it's been a long time i i've played some werewolf and then always wanted to really get in and understand the magic Mm -hmm. system of like mage the ascension but just nobody runs mage like most people run vampire Mm -hmm. some people run werewolf nobody touches mage (laughs) yeah i've never yeah i've never Never, never played mage or werewolf. Right. But I mean, werewolf is just vampire with, it's the same rules, but mage is like, goes off on its own tangent where it's like, it's its own thing. So, um, yeah, no, go ahead. No, just, um, so once I, so I played TTRPGs and LARP to my heart's content until about. 18, 19, um, 
And then I started to get really, really get into my actor training more. So it did, I started doing it less and less. And I moved to London. No, no one, no, no one spoke of Dungeons and Dragons when I moved to London. It was just not, I, I thought it was just like, okay, that. I'm that's sad, actually really surprising. That, <laughs> like uh, that's that's no uh, one. really yeah. So I didn't. I had a good ten years of not playing it at all. No way. Yeah, and then just just my group of friends got really into Critical Role, and they were like, "Oh, let's learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons." And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> this, the, the clouds part. <laughs> yeah. The one sunbeam comes down. The the angels sing. Exactly. Like, I was. So oh, happy. I might, I might be able to help you learn these things. I, I certainly so... don't have <laughs> intimate knowledge of what's and about it's like, to happen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, I've never played this. Ta-da. <laughs> I loved it. So yeah, beginner's it's... luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I totally don't have a dice collection already. All right, yeah. no. Shake it, shake it, shake it, shake. So that was that was lovely that it became it became trendy enough for me to be able to play it with you know my closest friends here because again right. I I sort of left my very geeky friends in another country and I so did to you be an actor did did you get your restart then as a DM like because no I've, I've never not, I've no? never DM'd I've never, never DM'd never. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know if I'd enjoy it. I feel like I should. Oh, really? Like, when now... As a, as a writer and an actor, <laughs> you don't believe that you would enjoy. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to call you out. <laughs> I know what you're saying, harsh. but um, I don't know. I I would definitely find it very stressful. Because as a player, you can turn up, you can improvise. You're not holding this entire, entire, you know, you're not holding several people's uh, storylines in your hand. You know, I write. I know what's going to happen in the story. That's different to DMing. Um, That's true. Very true. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, I write scripts with, oh, look, I know exactly what's going to happen and at what point so dming is i've got so much respect for dms who i think there's it's it's different because there's a there is a lot of improv Mm -hmm. and and writing and i hesitate to say you have to be good at both because i do not think you do like i don't think there's anything you have to be good at to be Mm -hmm. other than just being like personable and Mm -hmm. pleasant to be around like as long as you're not a hateful person i think you can be a good dm i but (laughs) i I, you know i'm a part of an improv group so the improving part doesn't scare me but i'm just i don't know it just doesn't is it a responsibility thing i think it is because (laughs) because you've got the you've got the improv the writing the experience like i think it's also uh as a dm you're obviously just responding to what everyone else is doing maybe it's just that tiny sort of actor part of me that's like yeah but i won't be in the spotlight i uh, think part of it is is i that. think you a, little bit, then, a little bit that's just a that's just a like uh, that's a framing issue yeah because because in critical role 
who colloquially has the most spotlight but matthew mercer that's true yeah that is true like... i think <laughs> we're, we're at the point in our in my home campaign i non-stream just me and my friends playing it where you know three people out of five have either dm'd or will dm um and so it's me (laughs) one other person that it's like oh god it's gonna be my turn soon isn't i think i will try a one shot i'll try a one shot so it's the least sort of least responsibility if it goes horrifically wrong oh well i highly suggest i highly suggest every dm at some point and i highly suggest for any starter dm to look up and or run the great sheep chase um because it is humorous Mm. and i find that i've seen a lot of dms i saw just the other day somebody that was like does anybody i know play real dnd because i'm tired of these you know players laughing and guffawing and having fun and i want a real story and i'm like oh dear like yeah, yeah. You're, you're i'm tired fun. of people having I can't fun wait to, i can't wait to be at your table right Jeez. and and in my opinion like the great sheep chase is such a good balance because mm. it does have some like a, a story like that makes sense and has kind of a, a decent i guess grounded plot but mm. all of the events in that grounded plot are just sheer like shrek style comedic Mm. fantasy right and and i think that that's a really great because you as a as a as a like new dm or a starter dm the comedy shaves off a lot of those hard edges and expectations right like if if things don't happen the right way that's exactly how they were supposed to happen because we're in goofy land (laughs) but at the same point in time you can lean into some of the more serious aspects mm. and the the twist is not necessarily in the narrative as much mm. as it is in the style and you can bring that in at any point mm. at any point you want to take it serious you can and that gives a narrative tone shift and that alone can kind of shock everyone right mm. but you can do it whenever you're comfortable and you don't have to do it at all yeah, and so I think it gives a lot of new players a place uh, to experience D anD D from a player's perspective as well as something that can be fun and enjoyable, but also can be serious and can even be dark. Like the the framework is so loose for the story that you could take it in any direction you want and have a lot of fun with it, and the players don't know what direction you're going to take, so there's no expectations. Yeah. <laughs> I, it will it will happen in the future i think yeah. I, i'll just you know just to say i've done it and then people right. aren't like well you love it when you try it so i will definitely try it yeah see what happens but i'm definitely not itching to do it probably because i just love being a player well yeah and that's fair i think that i think that forever dms get like kind of a, a pass but if somebody says they're a forever player, yeah, people are like, what? Exactly. What, what so I have to be like, I tried it. I didn't like it. Okay, leave me alone. Right. <laughs> but I, I think that it's like that. Like, I think it's totally okay to be a forever player. I've, yeah. I've known a few and like, 
I'm I think maybe they get a bad rap from jealous forever DMs. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe is that it's like because of you, I never get to. Play I never get to play. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I, I need to live vicariously through your backstory. <laughs> it will happen at, at some point, just because, again, at least in our home game, so I can get give the DMs a a night off, <laughs> and then say, you know, I tried it, wasn't just, my bad. I might be wrong. I might try it and be like, yeah. oh, the power. I'm just I gonna run a one shot. Six years later. <laughs> like... We'll see. We'll see. I, I would vote now. I would vote no. But again, right. I have surprised yeah, myself. Never know. You know I mean, I, you I did, become, you did become an award-winning writer. So. Exactly. And I said, <laughs> I'd never write. Oh, oh. Here we are. <laughs> so um, it, it, you've, get, you've gotten restarted. Um, <laughs> and you get kind of pulled back in. And how how long ago was that when you kind of get pulled back into D anD D? Five ish years ago. Yeah. Because Critical Role's been out long enough now that just saying it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. oh, campaign one or campaign two or soon campaign three. Yeah. <laughs> like so about five years ago, and I remember yeah. seeing Critical Role come out and going, "Oh yeah, that's cool," and and probably thinking, "Oh, I miss doing that," and then I went and did something else. Then... <laughs> you know, because it's not. <laughs> It's not a hobby you can do by yourself. Right. Like, yeah. You know. Not that I mean that's just called writing. Yeah. <laughs> that's called solo D D is just writing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I already do. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now in the last I'd say I started streaming in twenty twenty. That's okay. when I started streaming. Definitely. Um I wanted to do it and you know thought well I'm an actor I'd be great at it I did you know I, I did think that I was like well I should be doing that you know that's, that's, that's my job but sitting down what's better right. than that <laughs> I don't have to look for the marks <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and with a randomized element you know yep. dice so that's fun um and yeah, I stumbled into a actual play and I've been doing that since, I mean, me, me and time, some point no, no in worries. early 2020, some point in early 2020. So a every time right now, the last two yeah. years, we thought we were just going to write off one year yeah. and we're writing off like. There's a couple of months that everybody likes in 2021, and the rest of it didn't exist either. Like, yeah, yeah. Now it's like, uh, if we don't look at the bad thing, it's not. Yeah, it's, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna live vicariously through 2016 for the last of my life yeah. now. Like, or like maybe 2015. 2016 was a little rough too. So, yeah. How far back do we have to go? Yeah, 2016 was really rough for me, so it has to be yeah. earlier than that. Yeah, maybe. I'll just, you know, I'll just stay in my childhood years forever. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't be Dungeons and Dinners if uh, I don't, you know, at least hit a little bit on the food side of things. Mm. So do you have a culinary background at all? Um, not really, apart from obviously as an actor, I have worked in hospitality because that's a rite of passage um, to 
were you were you like front of the house or back of the house Uh, i was i was a waiter a host bartender um i would say i love eating but i hate cooking okay because i just i don't enjoy the process of making food and i'm a bit better now now i'll just do it because it needs to be done but i do see it as a necessary evil to be able to eat is not now i mean i've talked so often about when it's just me Mm. it's like uh i don't can i just find like a cold leftover sausage i'll just get a fork and eat that like, I don't need to make, it doesn't need a bun or a side mm. dish or to be heated. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just sustenance. But Same. the minute, the minute there's one other person, then I'm like, oh God, I'm going to be judged. So yeah. out come the four star recipes. Yeah. Like, I'd say I'm a very average cook. Not bad, but not amazing. There's a couple of things I do very well. And that, that that's it. What's your, what's your, I do pretty well. Um, I'd say I'm a far better baker than I'm a cook because I enjoy baking just to make it like, why is that? Why do I enjoy that and not cooking? Who knows? I just do make really good brownies. That's, that's I'm very good at that. Um, well, this might be, let's see how many people click off once I say I'm a vegetarian and have been for 17, no, 18 no. years. I've had, I've had plenty of, of vegans pescatarians mm. i've had you know all all over the spectrum yeah so. so i've i make i make very good curry um lentil curry good risotto good lasagna i'd say that that is that's that's where i'm good that's a good spread that's a healthy yeah. spread like i i there's a lot of i've talked to a lot of people and know a lot of people that are like a better baker than cook and mm. i am i'm the opposite i can't bake mm. Very like I if it comes out of a box and it's just like <laughs> add an egg and a third a cup of milk, like throw it in the oven in an exact temperature, like okay, fine, I could do that. But I am not I I don't do I don't have the patience for like making bread or anything. I like if I if it has to rise for a certain amount of time, that means ignore it till tomorrow. <laughs> and that's a good way to ruin it. So <laughs> okay. So I respect I respect bakers and uh but but you've also got you know like I said both sides like a curry a lentil curry sounds amazing mm. you know of uh, uh, vegetarian lasagnas are awesome so mm. um, I I have a lot of respect for that uh, do you are you a snack of course you know actual plays it's a little bit harder but you've got a long history of LARPing and you know tabletops all all over so do you have a go to snack like. <sighs> Like Go game to- night snack. A game night snack. Um, well, it's different if I'm streaming versus if, you know, you, you have a home game and everyone brings, you know, that is our night when you eat all the garbage in the world, you know, popcorn, yes. chocolate, energy drinks. Because yeah. you know, no, yeah, we don't need those. Uh, <laughs> our home game sessions can last like, on average, seven to nine hours. Yep. So, so we got to keep fueled up. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> and then in later years, Sunday off, so we have to make the most of it. In in uh, early years, it's soda. In middle years, it's energy drinks. In later yeah. years, it's energy drinks and vodka cranberries. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, popcorn. Popcorn's a good one. I'd say probably popcorn is where I go. 
and there's a little bit of chocolate somewhere but again um if i'm streaming you know good good tip avoid dairy if you're streaming uh bad for your voice yep. yeah really rough and, I, and then this is someone there. who loves dairy so it's like right <sighs> what's your uh what's your go-to popcorn flavor enhancer Oh, just like, salt. Are you none none just of these salt? weird. Oh, I'm just, just, just stop being weird with popcorn. Oh, just, just stop it. Sugar with popcorn is wrong. And I used what? to work in a cinema. It's it's just wrong. It's yeah, wrong. Kettle corn it's is wrong. great. Oh, oh. <laughs> salty popcorn and nothing else. I'll give you butter is acceptable. If but you if, if it's if it's like <laughs> like I'll let you have butter. Yeah. Is, is a, a bold hot take. For, like, I'm finished. I'll let you have we, the most common <laughs> theatrical ingredient. I like. I guess it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a very Finnish thing. Like, you cannot okay. go to a cinema in Finland and get uh, sugary popcorn. They'll be like, right. "What is wrong with you?" They'll be like, "That's like saying I guess away. you'll." I guess you can have a bun with your burger. Yeah. Like, I suppose. <laughs> Welcome to Finnish people. <laughs> um, oh. I have had cinnamon popcorn, which was nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would always go for salty. Just, just. I like a, nothing else. I was introduced to nutritional yeast on popcorn. And because it's kind of got like a cheesy flavor. But like, I, so I like cheesy popcorn. That's but. That to me sounds like I'm gonna trick myself into thinking this is healthy level <laughs> of popcorn. Well, so I also I cook in different fats, so yeah. like so I will actually do plain popcorn with just a very light salt because I don't do a lot of salt. Mm. Um, my my wife hates me because she is like a saltaholic, and I am overly sent like light salted chips are still like I'm like oh this is so salty. <laughs> I, I don't cook with a lot of salt at yeah. all, but there's three things, a couple of things that I like really salty, and that's popcorn, and I'm gonna call them chips, which to you would be fries. Yep, salty. That's fine. Potato yeah. and popcorn. That's it. Nothing else. Yep. I uh, I was introduced to cooking popcorn with like duck fat, and like wow, so like duck fat and ghee, yeah. So like so like ghee, duck fat, and a little bit of like peanut oil, and like so like varying the types of fats that you cook the popcorn in can change everything about it. I just feel like popcorn's good as it is it doesn't need all these fancy costumes i think it's a exist. great delivery system for fancy costumes <laughs> i think that that like in the same way that like i think that lobster is just a butter delivery system and i don't that, that get what's true, so yeah. impressive no, with no, it i've like, eaten lobster and God knows how many years, but yeah, I, I, think I, do, I agree with that. That is, okay. you are eating butter and salt. <laughs> yeah. Like bread. I love bread. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I would the, I would rather a bread than a lobster in know, most situations. Bread is the loading system for butter and cheese. Yes. It's and the, garlic. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just the vehicle in which you can eat butter without looking like an absolute hot mess right yeah <laughs> i want to eat a whole stick of butter but don't want people to judge me for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> how can i do that 
ooh, I'll have so, a lobster. <laughs> so fancy. Exactly. I'm sophisticated. <laughs> right. Oh, of course you are. Of course you are. You just think that you're better than Steve who's eating butter from a tub yeah. over there. Yeah. Like, you're not. Steve's <laughs> honest. We like right. Steve. He knows himself, all right? Yeah. <laughs> not ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anina, um, as, uh, mm -hmm. as I love to do in every episode, I want to make sure that I cover every topic. Uh, that I have with my guests when mm -hmm. they come on. Uh, so whether it is tidbits of advice or shout outs or uh, works that we have not gotten to or referenced or a conversation that you would like to have in general, I want to give uh, the end of the podcast to you to uh, have whatever topics you'd like. Ooh, the pressure. The pressure. I know. I know. It pull, it, it just, I just bring the hammer down no. on people. That's <laughs> the thing. Now, what shall we? Well, I'm going to get the plugs out of the way and then we can use those as a springboard to something else. So um, if people are interested, uh, please do go to my YouTube channel. It's called The Awkward Actress and you can find comedy, comedy sketches, comedic monologues. There's some D&D comedy sketches there as well. And also my dark drama web series which has a scandi noiry style still in english but that's that's the style we're going for called mordecai's girl so please do check that out and i stream um ttrpgs um with the black feather guild which is on twitch.tv at raven r a w y n and i'm on there friday noon mountain time um, campaign. Um, we're going to be starting a Dragon Age campaign in September. This probably, it, it will be out once this podcast comes out. So check that out. And you can watch our previous campaigns as well at Fantasy Network. Um, Beyond the Wall was the first campaign I joined. Loved it. If you're into sort of magical realism, uh, check out Beyond the Wall, magical realism with a bit of horror. Yeah, please do check those out. And I will also be starting a new actual play that will be on YouTube called The Bardic Quest, which is me and a few other classically trained British actors doing a um, Forgotten Realms classic D&D adventure. So please do check that out all right well wonderful mm. and uh the, that's uh, i'll try to have links for all of these down in the, the yes. description as well so yeah fantastic yeah um if you had to choose one ttrpg or dungeons and dragons or one of them which one would you choose what's your favorite like as like as, so as a favorite i'm like i'm like are we talking a, like you am have I stuck on a deserted one. island it's the only one I ever yeah. get to play for the rest of my life. Yes, or... the, the, the one. The one. The one. It's, that's difficult. Mm, it is. Because it, it depends on, like, the group I'm with. Like, I think it's also one of those things where I'm not necessarily as versed in TTRPGs as I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. And I hesitate... 
I hesitate to go all in on D&D because I have a oh. lot of problems with it. Um, they're not huge game breaking problems, mm. but I also think that like, oh man, it's because I, I, mean, I also home, don't. You can choose homebrew. Though. Yeah, I think it, I, it would probably it would definitely no matter what it would yeah. get homebrewed eventually. Mm. Mm. Anything that I chose, I can't. I'm not a I'm not a stick to an adventure guide or or one shots like it. Even if there's no internet access, it doesn't yeah. matter. It will yeah. get modified extensively. Oh, I'm, um, I'm so pro homebrew. Yeah, I'm so pro homebrew. I think that D and D is is a solid system to homebrew with. Uh, I think that there are crunchier systems that are harder to homebrew because any minor change has a, a significant impact mm. on the rules. And I think there are more narrative heavy systems that are difficult to homebrew because things like because there's not enough structure to branch off of where, you know, you would have to essentially add layers of structure to it that just don't exist to begin with. And and that puts a lot more pressure on the homebrewer to get it right, right? And I think that D&D is a very middle, especially 5e, I think is very middle of the road where it's you can play it, you can lean into whichever side you prefer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it leaves a lot of room for, there is some complexity, but not every single thing is ruled out. Mm -hmm. But it also leaves a lot of room for narrative where if you want to throw away a lot of the numbers, you can. And and so I think it's a really good system for homebrew specifically. Mm. So I would I would say, yeah, a homebrew version of, of a 5e style game. I think it'd be about where I'd land. Very same. I think I would still <laughs> choose classic. I would choose 5e Dungeons and Dragons. Because if you're going to show someone TTRPGs who never tried TTRPGs. It is still, in a way, the easiest way to get people into it because they're like, what does the world look like? Well, you know, right. Lord of the Rings, there you go. It's it's something to start off with. Everyone kind of knows. If they're not really into fantasy, they're like, okay, elves, humans, dwarves, yep. gotcha. And that's a good thing to start with. You know, Everyone has a frame of reference to right. start with. And again, I've always played, all my campaigns have been, even even the um, home games of D5e, D- we do have home rules. And you, you need home rules. I'm, I'm pro needing home rules because nothing kills a game quicker than, than going well in on page 164. It's like, just we're playing a game right playing a game and just just have fun well and it's a game it's not like a board game where there's a competition and a winner that this there's not a referee who's gonna scream at you even if this rule goes this way i win if it goes that way you win so we need to know like exactly it's it's you're telling a story that's the whole that's the whole I mean, the only there's only been a couple of board games where you're kind of playing against the board, so you feel yeah. a bit more like TTRPG. So you're all playing together rather than against each other. So yeah, I would agree. I'd go with that. But I'm I'm getting more into the TPRPG, 
ttrpgs the yeah, indie ones and i really enjoy them i do there's a few systems i really want to try mm. i i have not yet played fate and oh, i no, really no. want to try that one it's it's very it kind of puts more dm power into all the players hands mm. so everybody gets to kind of rewrite this like your your abilities are the abilities to write the story mm. And so if the DM says, like, this something happens this way, one of your abilities can be like, no, it doesn't. Mm. And but then you have to describe how it happens. Like everybody's involved in world building. Everybody's involved in the storytelling. So it's a very flexible narrative system. With Black Feather Guild, we we um, well, what are the campaigns I was in? Because there's several campaigns I'm in a few of them. Um, I really enjoy Monster of the Week. I think the system of um, that's powered by the apocalypse yeah yeah um just the system of failure mixed success and success i think is so clever that's a monster of the week has come up so many times and i need to i need to just find a mostly time in my life where i can just (laughs) go onto looking for group and be like i need to play this somebody show me the ropes and throw me into a game like I, i find it very versatile and when I, because it was the first campaign I did with these people, I didn't know anyone apart from a Twitter conversation. And I was there going, I don't know how much of the week works. All these new, you know, their version of classes are very different. So I was there like, you know, I look super cool, but inside I'm sweating <laughs> and going, how do yep. I don't know. I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, it runs so easily and I love the, because the more you fail, the more you level up, which is such an interesting take on it. So you're like, okay, cool. I totally screwed up, but actually if I screw up enough, more. it's <laughs> very get, I'll interesting. I'll get better at screwing up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you get new powers if you screw up enough. It's so clever. Whereas yeah, no, I really like it. Is you screwed up. Well, I love Take a fail forward system. Right. So, like a fail forward system yeah where that's that's something that i incorporate into into dnd is mm. like there's there's everybody is a is very familiar with yes anding mm-hmm. in like improv but no budding is is also kind of the same like no that doesn't happen but this does yeah and and failing forward is a way that like instead of a failure being the catastrophic you trip and impale yourself with your own sword like you mess up but this opens a new opportunity mm. for you and it's it's a little harder to get used to but i think that more people should kind of adopt that mentality as well yeah i think it it definitely moves the story along a lot quicker and with with their classes like i played a divine i played an angel and you know, I played an angel. Someone else was playing a mechanic, just just a normal human mechanic, and how they balance different classes. Like you'd think, you know, I'm this kick-ass angel with all these powers. It's so well balanced that we were on the same. No one was OP. Do you know what I mean? Right. Even okay, though in be... this world, I seemed, you know, this divine entity seems seems but like the mechanic can be... MacGyver things. Yeah, and it you really gotta, did. I was yeah, like... I got a toothpick, a paperclip, <laughs> some duct tape, and I made a gun out of it. Like yeah, exactly, <laughs> and and I love that about Monster of the Week because it, you know, 
there were several <laughs> several wonderful moments where my angel made things a lot worse. <laughs> Your divine <laughs> connection brought a lot of attention to this situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it does that very, very well. So you don't get sort of an imbalance in... They're not called classes, but I'm going to call them classes. Well, yeah, I mean, we all know. The, books, the vernacular like, is... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Well, I, 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 Nina, I, uh, I have had an absolute blast chatting with you here today. And Thank I would totally, so I would totally be willing to be stuck on an island, uh, playing some wild homebrewed D and D and LARPing, um, with you. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good time. So, <laughs> um, thank you for having a... me on. This is yeah, definitely. Um, so we can find you at again a lot of links down in the description. Uh, check out the YouTube channel, the Twitch streams. Find her at Anina Kasky on Twitter. And Nina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. So that's all for the episode today. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you to Anina for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, consider clicking that star rating or dropping a review in your podcast app of choice to help boost the algorithm gods and get this podcast to more people. All of the links and contact information discussed can be found down in the show notes, and if you want to keep in touch, you'll find that I am most active on Twitter at anddinners. If you're interested in supporting the show or want access to the entire back catalog of exclusive bonus episodes, like today's one, where Anina comes back to talk about working overnights in media, goths in the corner, surviving bachelorette parties, elves, bards, stage combat, and so much more, or you just want to keep this podcast ad-free, consider tossing a few coins over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. If you're looking for another great podcast to listen to, my other broadcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, is a long-form podcast about why gaming matters co-hosted by myself and my dear friend, Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember, that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.